This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Ramia Amadin, Kelly McDonald. We are the hosts of Kelly and Company. Thanks for being with us wherever you're listening in around the world, maybe via. OO Tunes or the Radio Player Canada app. Maybe you're at your computer checking us out through AMI.ca where you can live stream AMI-audio. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you being on board with us for this edition of Kelly and Company. Remember, first repeat of the program at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Check us out when you have a chance. Well, it's time to get into our uh, nutrition conversation, and I, I, I love it. that Today we're going to go in a, a bit of a different way than what I think as we introduce here the subject you will say, what? Really? Yeah, sure. Why not? But every other Tuesday, we are joined by Julia Karanchis, our nutritionist. Today, we're chatting about how to stay calm, Julia. Yes. Well, I thought we should chat about this because, you know, it is part of our wellness journey. And winter is here. And with that, a sense of busyness whether you've just taken a vacation and are trying to get back into the groove of everyday life or are already planning for the holidays, this time of year seems to be accompanied by a sense of busyness. So today we're going to talk about ways to stay calm or really just practice calmness in general. It's a tough time of year because there's always so much on people's minds, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress as we were talking off the top of the show is it that real divider in our life that kind of between be feeling healthy and not being stressed out so would staying calm be the same as reducing stress i i i think so when you know when we're stressed is when we seem to get anxious and mm-hmm. you know for myself when i'm anxious i'm not calm i am the total opposite yeah. agitated um, everything you know, Absolutely. And and when you, you know, if you're out in public or, you know, overhearing somebody's conversations with somebody in their life, whenever you hear someone talking a mile a minute of all the things they need to do or that they're thinking of or they're worried about, you also tend to hear that parent, that friend, that spouse, that somebody beside them say, calm down, which we know never works, right? Those words don't induce feelings of calmness at all. So mm. it's, you know, aside from saying calm down, like what, what can we do? It's, you know, why I thought we should have this conversation. Yeah. I mean, most of us are guilty for this calm down thing because it's like a reactionary yeah. uh, yes. the phrase that you hope is helpful, but we all know it isn't. So well, anyway. It's almost dismissive, right? Just <laughs> calm down. Calm and, down relax. and it, it seems yeah. to do the opposite, which is to get people feeling like you're invalidating them. Um, what can we do to help ourselves calm down, maybe help others calm down, but let's start with ourselves. Right. So I've I've learned a lot about this through parenting a toddler because obviously you're like, calm down. inspiration. They can't, you know, (laughs) right? They they can't calm down. So how do we show them how to do that? And I feel like this is where my thought train had come from is, well, there actually are quite a few things that we can do on our own to help ourselves, which I think is number one. And the easiest would be slow, deep breaths. 
So as you inhale through your nose, you produce nitric oxide that helps to regulate your nervous system. So just breathe slowly and deeply in and out through your nose. So the nice thing about this is that you can stop and do this anywhere at any time, whether you're inside or you're outside. You know, if you're in a meeting, you can excuse yourself and go in the hall or the bathroom. If you're working from home, I mean, you can just sit at your desk and have a couple of minutes where you're just, or even seconds where you're just taking really deep breaths. If you're out, you know, in public transportation, maybe just don't get on that subway or that bus, wait for the next one and just stand and breathe for a minute. Um, so this is, this is something that's great because it's completely within your control to do. You don't have to rely on your situation or somebody else to, to help you. So breathing um, is, is, I think, number one. And I would encourage everybody to give that that one a go. It, it's amazing what it does, right? And and again, most people are used to this. We hear about it, and when you see somebody, you know, yeah. you don't, you're yeah. not as quick to think. Are you having trouble? Do I need to interfere? Who do you want me to call? Right. Right. We, we can give them a few breaths, and um, you know, because we all know we all do it. We all should do it, and and certainly everyone yeah. needs it. Um, Absolutely. But it, and instead of saying calm down, maybe we could say, oh, just. Take a breath. Take yeah. a breath. You know, maybe that might Slow be down. a nice cue. Just take a breath. Um, yeah. And again, I know sometimes people feel, like, would you just leave me be? Just get. And I think sometimes that's that's what it takes, especially when you notice someone's just, you, you know, you know if they're in any other distress um, by other reactions. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about breathing, it almost sounds a little bit, when you take that time, like a mini meditation, which can also help. Absolutely. So if you have more time and are able to be in a quiet space, then meditation can help a lot. And, and keep in mind that this is a practice. So the more often you do it, the better you do become at not letting your mind wander, which is very normal. Um, there's a lot of apps, like free apps that you can download on your phone that guide you through meditation. And they, they're great because some are as quick as three to five minutes. Um, but again, I mean, it, it takes a little bit longer. And if you're uh, in a job where you maybe don't have five minutes to sit still with your eyes closed, that might not work. I mean, if you're sitting in a chair and you're trying to block everybody else around you out, that, that might not work for your work environment. But if you have more time, meditation can help a lot. And again, it's a practice. So sometimes it might feel awkward at first. But there's those apps that you can use that guide you through, and all you really have to do is listen, and they're, they're, they can be helpful. And start where you're at, right? So starting mm-hmm. at a place that seems realistic to you, that feel yeah. like you can handle, you know, no one's um, encouraging you to go home today and do a two-hour meditation so that you can get in, right. in the habit of it. Absolutely. Right, and that's such a good point, you know, start where you're at, recognize, recognize where you're at. And like, you know, don't expect that you don't, maybe don't have any expectations. Mm -hmm. I think is is a big takeaway for a lot of things, you know, keep your expect, just don't have expectations and that way you won't have that disappointment. If you're like, Oh, well, I kept thinking about my lunch. I mean, sure. We all do, you know, sometimes your mind just wanders and that's why it's a practice. Yeah. And we've heard we've heard such I mean, 
I don't know if professional is, is really the word, but experts, people who meditate um, all the time and do it well. And it's, it's part of mm-hmm. their like concrete day to day. We hear them say it all the time that it's not about not letting your mind wander or having this strict stance on what meditation is and isn't, um, but really to just understand that that is part of it and part of the practice is right. to actually practice. So you have some ideas, Julia, of how we can maybe um, implement meditation. It sounds like it could be something we implement into our morning or nighttime routine. Yeah, so I do think, like with breathing, you're your response is immediate. You know, you take a couple of seconds, you have your deep breaths and patient. I think the, the long-term effects are where, or where the really big payoff is at, right? So incorporating it into your routine so that it's, you know, dare I say daily, potentially at least a couple of times a week. But if, if you can make it a routine, it's great because routine helps a lot with feelings of security, which can help reduce anxiety. So developing a nighttime routine can be really helpful. And, and when you're doing this, this is where you want to choose things to put into your routine that are manageable and enjoyable. So perhaps a five-minute meditation before you fall asleep is manageable. And so then you're like, okay, well, then I, I can fit that into my nighttime routine. So instead of scrolling on, um, you know, my playlist and listening to these songs that I've already heard or the mm-hmm. new, whatever, or, or listening to a podcast that maybe is a little controversial that will really get your mind going before you sleep. Like, that's not a good idea. True crime. But, no right. true crime. Oh, man. You know? <laughs> so, but perhaps, okay, you know, meditation during the day isn't going to work for me, but I can definitely fit five minutes into my nighttime routine and I can develop this nighttime routine and I can do that. And then other examples of things to put into a nighttime routine, because again, we know that routines are create these feelings of security, which are, are great to help reduce anxiety, would be listening to music. Um, a bath or a shower could also be in there. And then you know, you fit that meditation in. So maybe you have like a nice warm shower and then you get out and you meditate for five minutes or 10 minutes if you want. Or again, you grow, you start at five minutes and you go to 12 and then you go to 15 and you, you build on it. But these, these calming things, like maybe you want to do it like a body stretch or some yeah. sort of nice yoga. Engage the muscles would... and stuff like that. Uh, or And then... If you take that that hot shower, for some people, that's what just totally relaxes everything. And that's what some people need to get to sleep or that meditation time or do the yoga. Um, It's unbelievable because some people, no problem. They can go to sleep. They can calm themselves enough or let the sleep take over. Yes. What about, what about, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Julia. I would just say I I am not one of those people. So a routine for me is great because it really signals my body that it's, it's time to unwind. Here we go. This is how we're going to fall asleep. And I think mentally, so much of our body, just just as we've talked about in the show already, is controlled by that. If we're tell ourselves, calm yes. down, relax. It's our breathe or or do these things. This is part of the cycle. You know, we're getting ready to wind down. Yes. The body starts literally, you know, just like being, you know, any reaction to anything. Now, what about strenuous activity as part of your routine at night? 
Right. So I personally wouldn't put that into my nighttime routine as it would cause me to eat after. And eating close to sleep can impede the quality of the sleep. And that's, you know, like if you eat and then go to bed, you're, you have this full stomach of food and so your body is trying to digest, but it can't sleep and digest at the same time. So it will impede the quality of the sleep. Right. So, I mean, it, if, if somebody were asking me personally, do I think it's a good idea? I, I don't. Of course, everybody is different. And some people mm. like to, you know, if you've had a, a tough day at work and you have, quote, you know, quote, unquote, steam to burn off, maybe that is helpful for you. But it can, you know, you work out a lot. Sometimes people get hungry after. And then if you want to go to bed, you've got this belly full of food. And that's not great for a restful sleep to have this, you know, a full stomach. But exercise in general would absolutely be helpful. Because it is a great stress buster, you know, if I, if, I, if I can use that funny saying. So even if it's just taking a walk or being out in nature, listening to sounds that are not your phone um, or people, you know, gently talking, that can be helpful. But strenuous exercise, it wouldn't be my number one thing to put into a nighttime. But if you, if you really want to exercise because you know it's healthy and that's the only time of day you have, then... You work, you work with what you got. Same with your sleep calm sounds. Like if you may be somebody who doesn't yes. have that nature to listen to because you live in the middle of downtown, you know, Vancouver or, or Montreal right. or something, if you have a sound that you can listen to that yes. makes you lose yourself, whether it's rain, whether it's a, yeah. a, a creek you're yeah. babbling by. Okay. Those things are nature's, really great. Nature's nice. Oh, and they yeah. recommend, you know, when I say they, the, the sleep consultant world with babies they always recommend routine yep. develop, you know, to help your baby sleep, you develop a routine, but for somehow, mm-hmm. you know, when we, we get older, we, we don't have one, no, but it is no. helpful. I mean, we they, skip on it. Life, life gets in yeah. the way. Yeah. Well, life gets in the way yes. and you know, oh, I, and then we like to tell people how I normally like to do this before I go to bed, but I'm never allowed to nowadays. I've got this to do that yes. to do. Julia, wonderful stuff. Great topic. Thank you. Thanks guys. Join Julia Karanchis for our uh, nutrition talks every other Tuesday right here on Kelly and Company, Opposite Wellness with Francis Wong. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Johnny Tai, a blind artist based in BC, talking about his passion for fine arts and an upcoming residency at the Vancouver Grunt Gallery. We'll speak to him in a moment. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.